The only way we can understand tshuva is that it's a gift. Hashem gives us a gift. Bechazdo ubetuvo hagodo. Welcome back to another episode of the Current Podcast. Uh, we are back from our brief summer hiatus uh, with a wonderful guest for you this week. Uh, as we prepare for Rosh Hashanah and the Yom Naraim, we are very, very excited to be joined by Rabbi Dr. Jacob J. Schachter, uh, who wrote the commentary for the new Reed Family Edition, Karen Slichot, um, which provides some fantastic inspiration and insight for this time of year. So, Rabbi Dr. Shakta, can you please teach us the Torah al-Regalacha, teach us your Torah, standing on one leg? I first want to say that it is a great honor and a privilege for me to have this opportunity, and not only to have uh, been asked by Koran to write the commentary, first on Lita and then in Anglia, uh, which was an extraordinary, huge uh, precious kavod for me and continues to be, but to have this opportunity to be in conversation with you. Um, I've thought a lot about this question, and uh, I would like to suggest the following, and it goes directly to the kinds of commentary that I wrote, and uh, actually even more so to the passages of the slichot that I chose Dafka not to comment upon. I heard this from my late father, Rabbi Herschel Schachter, uh, many, many uh, years ago. We get up in the morning, and the very first thing that we say is Modani Lefonecha. We're still in our pajamas, we're still in bed, we're still groggy, but we haven't really woken up yet, but we're on the way, and the first thing we do is we express our gratitude to the Rabboni Shalom. And the formulation is extraordinarily striking and actually quite problematic. Thank you, God, the everlasting God. You returned my soul to me, and now I'm waking up. I was sleeping, and now I'm up with mercy. The last two words, Rabbah emunatecha. And my father asked me, what do you mean, Rabba Emunatecha? When your, your faith is great, God, thank you for waking me up. You have faith. But God needs me to tell him that God has faith. I, I, I'm a lowly human being, and I'm giving God a big mishabarach. Thank you so much. You have faith. This coming Yom Kippur, God, I want you to come to my shul and I'm going to give you Psicha Fene'ila and Mafter Yona because you, you have faith. It's very beautiful. And my father suggested to me that the interpretation is Rabbah and Munatecha. Thank you for waking me up. Because the reason why you woke me up is because you have faith in me. Rabbah and Munatecha, not your faith is great in a generic sense. But you have faith in me. You woke me up because you thought that I'm going to do something meaningful today. Because I'm going to use my day in an important, significant, and valuable way. And that's an extraordinary way how to wake up in the morning. 
we open up our eyes and we thank the Rabboni Shalom for having faith in us. And my father suggested that to me a long time ago, and I have kept it in mind every single morning. And that's what animates me. It's what animates me personally, that I believe that Hashem has faith in me. And that's what animates the way I understand my relationship to Hashem to be. We're now before the Yom Noray. We say Slichot before and in the middle of the Yom Noray. And there's a lot in the Slichot about sin, about the lowly nature of the human condition. There's a lot in the Slichot about how bad we are and how bereft we are of, of Maas and Tovin. And I, and I understand that, and that's obviously there. But what I choose to emphasize in my own personal life and in the choices of the commentaries that I wrote on the Slichot are the upbeat aspects of the Slichot, are on the positive parts of the Slichot. That Hashem loves us and Hashem cares about us. And Hashem is very strongly involved with us. And Hashem is central uh, to us. And Hashem has faith in us. And uh, we're not so bad. We're not so bad. Yes, of course, we have what to do and we have work to do and we have a lot to fix, to repair. But as we go into the high holiday season, we should think also about what what's good about what we did and to feel comfortable with it, not to beat up on ourselves so much exclusively. When I was in yeshiva, I spent time in Haredi Yeshivot. The emphasis was on, on, on beating up on ourselves. The emphasis was on and, 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 and you're an avaria and, and, and you have to do better. And, and, and I really do understand that. But as I get older and got older, I also saw that on top of that, there's another aspect. And that is uh, to feel comfortable with ourselves, to feel good about ourselves, to recognize that Hashem is in our corner and Hashem wants us to do good. And Hashem is supporting us, and Hashem has faith in us. So this Rabbi Emunatecha is really the mantra, I would say, of the way I currently understand my relationship to Hashem, and is what drove the choices of the kinds of passages in the Slichot that I highlighted and wanted to comment on. Wow, so starting really strongly. I, I, <laughs> we sort of touch upon this theme every year as we as on the podcast it's uh the last i think it's now our third or fourth sort of pre yamin narayan episode uh and each year we like we do we focus on this this idea of um you know what is the meaning of rosh hashanah and yom kippur what's the meaning of slicha what does teshuva actually mean that we we looking at it from a positive point of view rather than seeing ourselves as as wholly uh negative or, or empty of of goodness um as you were sort of going through the slicha and writing the commentary uh, and the introduction, which we were talking before we started recording about, you know, just how beneficial uh, REA and I have, have both found them. Um, like in, in your, were you writing it from a personal point of view or were you looking to sort of give chizuk, to give sort of uh, strength to 
to the reader and, and how, uh, how did you highlight, how were you able to sort of turn away from, um, perhaps the more negative ideas and, and, and focus in on the idea that, you know, Hashem has faith in us, that he does love us, that he wants us to do teshuva because in the same way that a parent might want a child to apologize for spilling the milk, you know, it's not for the parent's benefit. It's, it's for our, for our own. I would separate between my introduction and uh, my commentaries. Um, in my introduction, <clears throat> my attempt was to highlight the various themes throughout the Slichot, and uh, I did so in a more of an academic way. Um, I uh, took themes, I traced them historically. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm also a historian. I, I have a degree in, in uh, Jewish history. And I utilized that part of myself very much uh, in the introduction to provide a scholarly context and background and unfolding of the various themes that are mentioned. And so the footnotes are uh, robust and wide ranging um, beyond the traditional sources and including many, many academic sources. So that was a more of an objective um, scholarly academic introduction to the themes that I thought was very important because I need people to understand the historical context in which they have been developed. When I wrote my commentary, I wrote it as a rabbi, not as an academic. And there, the goal was to give chizuk. The entire goal was to educate and to give chizuk. I don't know if Koren knew what it was getting into when it asked me to write the commentary and was prepared to publish a book of 1,300 pages. Um, I myself didn't know what I was getting into, but I found myself drawn to writing longer than shorter Divrei Torah because I felt that a quick pop, four lines, is not going to really convey what I want to convey, and I don't think it's really going to be worthwhile. Uh, after I wrote five, six, seven pages, I realized that maybe this is not what Corin had in mind, so I sent it to the powers that be, and the response was, go ahead, this is fine, this is great. I got the green light, and I was very grateful. I'm glad I did, because I don't know what I would have done if I didn't, because I was not comfortable in writing four lines here and there. In other words, my commentary is not something that the mitpalel or mitpalelet is going to be able to read while they're saying slichot, because they're going to get derailed into the weeds of my commentary. My goal was to provide information and material and inspiration to read either before or after, like the night before, to read, to prepare for the slichot the next day, so that when those words and themes are being recited in the slichot, there'll be a resonance. But there the goal was to inspire. There the goal was to give chizuk. And that's why I chose to elaborate on the ones that do so. It's inevitable that uh, there is substantial emphasis on uh, sin and uh, in, in proper behavior. But uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't do a deep dive into those uh, themes. I, I try to do a deep dive into into Rosh Hashanah is a Yom Tev. Rosh Hashanah is not just a Yom Adin. Yom Kippur is not just a Yom Adin. It is a Yom Adin. I understand. And the Tanitokev is very powerful and, and very direct. But it's also a Yom Tev. When it comes to Yom Kippur, 
the Gemara says, Lo haryu yamim tovim b'Yisrael, k'chamisha aser ba'av v'chuyom ha'kippurim. It's a Mishnah. And the Gemara says, why is Yom Kippur a Yom Tiv? Two reasons. The first one is, Yom She'yesh Baslichom Rechilo. I mean, that's an incredible thing. Rabbi Salavechik writes in his Allah Tshuva that Tshuva makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. It, it, is, it defies logic and normal human comprehension. How could there be such a thing? I did the act. I said the words. I ate the whatever. I, I, I violated the whatever. So where did it go? I tell my students all the time, they have to be very careful about social media. Very careful. Because whatever they post will remain forever and ever. And what they might post now in a fit of youthful exuberance and maybe naivete and maybe lack of maturity is going to bite them in five years from now when they want to get into a graduate school or apply for a job. So I think the, the marshal is extremely powerful, and we understand it today more than ever. Once you write something, do something, post something, it remains forever. It's flying somewhere in the Olamis Olyonim. It's there forever. I can't erase it. I can't take it back. So how does truth work? I did the act. I hurt the person. I did something I shouldn't do. I do tshuva. And, and, and Baruch Hashem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is moichomi. Yom de ispo slicho mechila. There's Yerushalmi in Masachas Makos. It's an odd place to find this text. The Yerushalmi says, Sho'alu lechachma chote mahu oncho. So they quote a Pasuk, kill him, punish him. Sho'alu lenevua chote mahu oncho, kill him, punish him. You did something terrible. You're responsible. The only way we can understand Shuva is that it's a gift. Hashem gives us a gift. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us a gift. Makes no sense. It is totally irrational. Hashem says, you know what? It's going to go away. And sometimes even it's Nasa Kezachios, the Gemara says at the end of Yuma. It's unbelievable. Yom Kippur is a Yom Tiv. Come to Shul Yom Kippur. We're connected to God. We're living Lefnei Hashem. Rabbi Salavechik defined, what does Simcha mean? What does the word Simcha mean? The word joy. What does it mean, Simcha? There's a Gemara at the end of Brachos. The Mishnah says, We have to make a Bracha when bad things happen. Kishem, just like when good things happen. Gemara, my Kishem, what do you mean just like? Is it because we have to say the same Nusach Bracha? The same text of the Bracha? No. The Gemara says, no, the Mishnah said right before that, that when good things happen, we say Baruch HaTova Medev, and when bad things happen, we say Baruch Dayanemis. So it may be the same words. Ella Amar Rava, listen to this, it's mind-boggling. Ella Amar Rava, lekablinhu b'simcha. Samach Amit Be'ezam HaSechas Brachos. Lekablinhu b'simcha. Yes, Rabbi Salvechuk, what are you talking about? This is insanity. 
I have other Mavarechal, a raw. His shame, Shemavarechal, a tova. I understand if something good happens to me. If some great uncle who I never knew existed leaves me $10 million in his will, I make a bracha, baruch, a tova, I make if I am simcha. And now you're telling me I have to have simcha? When I make a bracha, baruch, dayanemis, when I'm standing nebuch, at an open grave of someone for whom I just tore Korea, my heart is broken, and I make a bracha baruch dayanemis besimcha, and it's kishem, it's the same level of simcha. Said Rabbi Soloveitchik, and he wrote this in a number of places, that simcha is not just, I feel happy. Simcha is an intellectual awareness. It's a cognitive understanding. Simcha equal lifnei Hashem. The Torah tells us, I think in 11 or 12 places in Sefer Devarim, and eight of them, I think, are in Pashas Re'eh. The Pasuk says, L'fnei Hashem Elokeichem Usmachtem. V'samachto, L'fnei Hashem Elokeichem. The Torah juxtaposes the word Simcha with the phrase L'fnei Hashem. And it doesn't mean, said Rabbi Soloveitchik, the simple pshat is in the Beis HaMikdosh, but it means, what is really Simcha? when I recognize that I'm living in God's presence. That's a source of simcha. That's what simcha means. Simcha means living a life of lifnei Hashem, and that brings us to Yom Kippur. Lifnei Hashem titaru. Lifnei Hashem titaru. Why is Yom Kippur a Yom Tiv? Yom Kippur is a Yom Tiv. Lohoyu Yom Tovim, like Yom Kippur because it's a Yom Dei So this is all in keeping with the theme that I try to personally integrate into my own Avodas Hayom. It's that I understand I have to do tshuva, trust me. I understand that I have to do tshuva. I understand there are things that I have to rectify. Everybody has things, everybody has. Some people have more than, than others, everybody has. I have, no question. But what gives me the strength to do that, what gives me the optimism to crawl out of the hole of my sins, is to recognize that God is holding me by my hand. And that God is giving me a gift of monumental proportions. Monumental proportions. Yerushalmi says, on, with regard to Rosh Hashanah, Ochlin v'shosim usmechen yodin sh'akadosh baruch nisa. It's in Yerushalmi and Rosh Hashanah. It's quoted by the tour in Hilchus Rosh Hashanah. Other nations of the world, they are very nervous when a judgment is facing them. Aval Yisrael Einan Kei. Ochlin, Shosin, Usmechim on Rosh Hashanah. Yodim, Shachadosh Baruch Hu Yasalam Nisa. So it is a Yom Adin. And I do say, Unisana Tokef. No And then I have a long list. A long list. It's scary. And I'm not done. Because after I say miyamus, I lay out 17 ways that I could die. One after another. Enough! Enough! 
I get the point already. No, you're gonna die like this, and you're gonna die like this, and like this, and you're gonna drown, and you're gonna be, you're gonna be, uh, you're gonna be ill, and then you're gonna you're gonna die of first, and then me be kitsom, me below be kitsom, me by my being by age, I'm gonna get burned. Oh my God! Give me a break. I get it. I get it. I get it. But that's not the whole story. That's a piece of the story. What makes it possible for me to put one foot after another in front of another on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and to get through that passage? Because I feel Hashem is enveloping me. I feel that Hashem has faith in me. Rabbah emunatecha bi. Hashem has faith in me. And uh, yeah, I know, I got a lot of work to do. But I am motivated to do it, and I have a sense of optimism and a sense of hope. Because Hashem is with me, and that's the part of the slichot that I try to focus on. Focus on, on feeling the presence of Hashem in our lives feeling God's hand on our shoulders. Rabbi Soloveitcher quoted, uh, he actually said in his in his hespit for his machatenista, for Mrs. Tversky, that he learned from his mother to feel the hand of God on his shoulder, to feel God's presence, to feel God in our lives. And I think that's highlighted on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And I think if we reframe our focus from being simply, it's not simply, that's not a good word, from being exclusively on the horror and on the sadness, we have a spring on our step. Rosh Hashanah, we come home, we make Kiddush, we have a Suda. Shulchanuruch says, you're not allowed to fast. I, I, I would think that I should fast on Rosh Hashanah. If I fast on Rosh Hashanah, I'm such a tzaddik. How can I eat? I'm so nervous. God, give me massive, massive checks in my book in the sky because I am so frightened that I, I can't eat. Where's an appetite? No, it's usher. It's usher to fast. Because it's a yamtiv, ochlin, vishosin. And not just Ochum Mishosin, you were shown me quoted in the tour. Usmechim. Yodin? It's amazing. Think about it. Yodin? Nisim. It's going to take no less than a miracle. I don't deserve this. I don't deserve it. It's a mess. But I have confidence that Hashem is going to do a mess for me. Because Hashem is faith in me. And Hashem is trying to help. And you mentioned before um, that this is something, and I hope you don't mind talking about this. Um, you mentioned before this is a this is an idea, this is a theme that you learned from your father. Uh, I was wondering if you'd be prepared to share with our listeners perhaps why you think maybe your father with the experiences he had, uh, you know, you can tell our listeners a bit about, for those who don't know, kind of some of the experiences your father had, why maybe this is something that also resonated with him or the something that he learned from his experiences. Um, Ari, that's extremely gracious of you uh, to ask me that question. 
to give me an opportunity to share a little bit about my late father, Zechron Levracha. Um, my my father, Rabbi Herschel Schachter, was uh, the first American army chaplain uh, to enter into the Buchenwald concentration camp on April 11th, 1945. He went on to have a very stellar career as a leader of American Jewry and world Jewry in many different ways. But the, um, the motivating and the most fundamental experience that he had was was in the concentration camps when he came face to face with his survivors. And uh, the foundational experiences of my childhood and young adulthood were meeting survivors whose lives Mamish literally he saved, including Rabbi Yisrael Meir Lau, uh, who uh, had for his whole life a very, very warm, close relationship uh, with my father. And I am honored to say that it now continues uh, with me. Um, there were a number of survivors, many survivors. My father took them, in Rabbi Lau's book, he talks about how, Mamish using those words, he brought them, and even more than from Abdus Lacherus, it was Mamish Trias Hamesen. So my father saw the most horrific scenes possible. And yet these Jews, many of them, were able to put one foot in front of another and make new lives for themselves out of a belief, an ongoing belief, that God has faith in them. I must tell you, I am in awe of, of survivors who go to shul, who put on tefillin after what they went through. I understand if someone would say, I'm done. I understand that, but to continue to still have faith and to be, continue to still cast their lot with the destiny of the Jewish people, and I think, I never really asked this to my father, like, where'd you get the word of Rabbi Munasacha from? But I think you're touching on something, Aryeh, that uh, to be able to see Jews come from from the worst to be able to create families families that move to Medinat Yisrael and creating families in Medinat Yisrael it's unbelievable God has faith it doesn't happen all the time but I believe it, and I would invite those listening to this to wake up in the morning and to believe that God has faith in them and that powers them and energizes them to live a life of meaning. I was, as you've been talking, I've, I've you know, filled up practically a whole notepad of, of questions and thoughts, but one of the things I scribbled down, I've underlined it a few times, is, as you were talking earlier, is how do you know? How do you know Hashem has has faith in us and and, them and you, you've answered it. I, I, I you know, the, there are just some things that we know. Hashem? How do you know God exists? Right. No, exactly. If you know if you know that God exists, then it's not to me too far a stretch to say that that God that I can't prove exists, but I know exists. I feel God on my shoulder. I right. feel God has a connection to me. Right. And if the people who I have all the reasons it. in the world to not know it, or to not think it 
if they still do, then what'd you say? No, I, I was saying that you know, as, as you were saying just now, that the the people who have every every reason and no one no one would begrudge them saying like, no, thank you, I've I've done enough, I've been through enough. If those people are able to, you know, as you say, you know, put fill in on every morning, or every year go to shul rosh hashanah yom kippur, if it, you know, if they're able to, then then what reason do we have to right. do anything different? Yeah. I'll tell you something. I, I uh, do a lot of speaking. And uh, maybe because of my father, maybe not, I'm not sure. I get invited pretty much every year to speak on Yom HaShoah in various communities. And every single time, I ask, are there survivors present? And regretfully, it's Poches Vaholech. And I say, um, I'm going to ask the survivors present to please wait. I'd like to speak to you uh, after I'm concluded my presentation and one or two or three of them gather around men and women and I look at them and I bow my head and I say please give me a bracha I want you to give me a bracha if you're here you're tzaddikin I want a bracha from a tzaddik and I'm very taken by that and they're very moved you know Rabbi Shachter is asking me for a bracha and, I, and, and JJ asks them for a bracha uh, because I have so much respect for them because they have faith and I try to learn from them and uh, feel the presence of God. Sometimes it's difficult. There are people in that who have very difficult times. Now I read every day about what's going on in Israel and it's a pachan in terms of the attacks, it's, uh, we, my wife and I have an apartment in Katamon. We try to get there as often as we can. We're coming right after Rosh Hashanah for a month. I can't wait to be in Israel. There are challenges. And it's hard. But I, I try to hold on to, I try to hold on to the Rabbon Shalom in my life and pray that Hashem should get me through this year and uh, grant not only me and my family, but the entire Jewish people a year of Shalom and a year of uh, Simcha. I mean, well, I think, um, <laughs> I'm not sure, I mean, I, as Alex said, I think we have lots of follow-up questions, uh, but I think on the, the note you left on, I think, is an amazing uh, final point for our listeners to take away, um, and perhaps we can, you know, um, meet again in a, in a future episode, or maybe next, we, you know, next year, Habalin uh, and the and uh, we, we cover Slichot again. It, I think it sounds like there's lots more for us to cover. So I guess uh, in the meantime, uh, Rabbi Dr. Schreiber, thank you so much for uh, joining us on the, uh, this episode um, and looking forward to uh, continuing the conversation, further discussions, conversations, and of course, uh, more inspiration uh, in, in years to come. Thank you so much. And thank you to you, to Alex, to Aryeh. Thank you to Koren. You uh, both and uh, your colleagues provide an incredible, incredible value added to our community. 
you should be blessed, uh, the two of you and your families and everyone in the current community with uh, Shana Tova, continuing with the strength uh, to provide the wisdom that you do for uh, the Jewish people. Thank you. Well, that is all we have time for for this episode of the Quran Podcast, Al Regal Achat. And what an episode it was. Thank you so much again to Rabbi Dr. JJ Shakhtar for joining us and giving us a really incredible and inspiring uh, thoughts and messages to take with us as we move into the Yaman Arayim. If you'd like to get more um, of the inspiration from Rabbi Shakhtar, you can find it in his introduction and commentary to the Reed Family Edition, Koran Slichot, which is now available at the Koran website, koranpub.com. And of course, you can get a 10% discount on the Slichot, as well as any books you might need for the Yamanarayim and Chagim period using discount code podcast at checkout. If you'd like to get hold of us, you can reach us through all of our social medias at Current Publishers or send an email uh, to podcast at currentpub.com. Feel free to share your thoughts, ideas um, of what you'd like to see or who you'd like to hear from. Share their Torah, our Rekalachat. And until next time, this has been the Current Podcast. Wishing everyone a Shana Tova Umetuka, Katiba Fatima Tova.